Electric Avenue. Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue. You know how much electricity costs these days? It would cost them a fortune to put out this record. Uh, this is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno analyzing the uh, primary elections here in New York State, both Democrat and Republican, on to November. Uh, there's still some state Senate primaries to get through and some congressional primaries to get through in August. But here to help us break that down is one of the most sought-after political consultants, not just in New York, but the whole country. I've known of E. O'Brien Murray, a.k.a. O.B. Murray, for many, many years. He sort of catapulted to fame in the political world with his incredible uh, victory running Bob Turner's campaign after uh, Anthony Weiner resigned from Congress. He's done a great deal of work in politics for both Republicans and Democrats, done some lobbying, been in the casino business, done some crisis communications, done all sorts of things, and uh, he's occasionally kind enough to shoot me some great information via text as he's listening. Live And uh, as if I wasn't fond of Obi Murray enough already, he came to the studio draped head to toe in the other side of midnight gear. Now I get the gear. Yeah, Thank see, you. shirts, hat, you name it, he's got it all. Uh, by the way, you can check all that out if you go to WABCRadioStore.com. Obi, thanks for coming in studio. It's great to be here. I'm glad I finally did it. Yeah, me too. So uh, we've been talking a little bit about the results, what happened. Any surprises to you? You follow these races as closely as anybody, Democrat or Republican, any surprises? I, I think one of the ones, Swazi, and his numbers where he came in, Jamani, was to me a bit more of a surprise. But I had a few people told me that last week. They were saying that's where things were going. So total surprise, no, but yeah, that's what it was. I, I, mentioned, I mentioned early on that when uh, Hochul first became governor – she was viewed as a pretty weak incumbent. People were saying Tish James is going to win. They were saying Andrew Cuomo is going to get in the race. They were saying this person's never been elected governor. How was uh, Hochul able to put together such a massive coalition in a relatively short amount of time to put together such a landslide win in the primary? Well, let's go back to history for a second. You mentioned James, mm. Attorney General. When she, ra- I ran the race for Keith Wolford four years ago, so I followed that primary very closely. We didn't know who we were going to get. Uh, and... James, in that race, ran 50% in New York City, and they got 40 in the race. Rough, those are your rough numbers. For the Democratic primary, 75% of the voters are from the Hudson Valley to the tip of Long Island. Therefore, north of that is 25%, a lot more of the state. Yeah. North, north country out to, to western New York, central New York, the whole southern tier. And what do you have? 25% of Democratic voters. You take that concept for Hochul from Erie County. And you bring that down to New York City. What was her New York City vote like? And you take the New York City vote from four years ago against Germani, and that was her challenge up front. And you put James in there, and that was the team she tried to build for, for New York City. I think what really happened is once, once the party started getting behind her, you take the party chairman here in New York City for the Democrats, five chairmen out here, and they can do quite a bit. And you put your numbers together. Staten yeah. Island's very small from the Democratic side. For Republicans, it's very strong. Uh, but you take the other four counties, you get – Bronx, Queens, Brooklyn, and, and New York County, and you get the excitement behind a Democrat with a party. The faithful really follow. They're going to the party events. They're going to these other – all the clubs the Democrats have throughout the city are very strong and active. You start doing that, and the governor ties in there, and that's that's the wave she's, she caught. Explain to folks why that is. We've been chronicling on this show, uh, not just in New York, not just in America, but really around the world, kind of the trend towards – 
populism, left, right, and center. And yet in New York, whether it was the assembly races or the governor's race or the lieutenant governor's race, this was a tremendous win for the party leadership. The establishment had a very big night uh, last night or tonight. Why do you, how is the party leadership able to mobilize the Democratic or Republican primary electorate so effectively at a time where it seems like more and more rank-and-file voters seem kind of ticked off at their own leadership? Well, I've not gone through the numbers. I've had... Sure. Like, I had dinner tonight at Empire Steak when you're, uh, when oh, you're advertising. Terrific. Fantastic time on the West Side there. But I was out and about. I was at a Republican event tonight. I was at the governor's event tonight. So I haven't looked at the computer side by side. One of the reasons I want to try to get on here. But when you look at the turnout this year compared to what it was in 18, I'd be curious where it was. Because you had then you had a lot of money being spent by four the AG candidates. You had, you had uh, Maloney going. You had James. You had Eve from up in Buffalo. You had Teach Out from the Hudson Valley. You had, so you had two in the Hudson Valley. You had It was a mix, and the money behind it, the energy, those numbers, I'm curious what that turnout was four, you know, four years ago compared to now in, that, in the Democratic primary. So uh, as far as the uh, top uh, ticket races go, the only surprise to you was that Swazi performed so poorly. It, it, it was, in this, I don't I want to say poorly, just his compared to Jamani at that point, where, where the order came out. Because uh-huh. uh, Jamani had no money. Tom spent a lot of money. I think what, what the governor was probably able to do was try to bring somehow the, the moderate voter back to her towards victory, and Tom was trying to tap. But again, money is a mother's milk of politics, mm. as Governor Whitman used to say. So you put that together with, with Tom's message, it's just tough to get out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're talking with uh, E.O. Brian Murray. Obi, he's been called uh, the mostly a lot of Star Wars references uh, because, so that people can invoke Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think um, I think one of the profiles on you after the uh, Bob Turner race called you the Jedi Master of that was, uh, Republican. That was Ozzy. He's now the conservative Times. campaign Jedi. That's that was Ozzy, who was a politic, Politico at the time, I believe, or, or what, Politics New York may have been Sounds the publication. Right, yeah. He's now at the New York Times. Great guy, but yeah, he was uh, he was the one that wrote there that. There you go. It's nice to have a Jedi. That was studio. A, that four thousand word online essay. That was something. That, that was something. That I, I don't know why he did that. Yeah, but he, he must have been up drinking a lot of diet coke <laughs> or something. Um, okay, Lee Zeldin and the Republicans, uh, v- big victory for him. Is this a result of what he and his campaign did right, or is this a result of what the other three campaigns did poorly? You, you asked the other question about the Democrats. I sort of buried a little bit. Mm. It validated is the simplest way to put it. The, you may say. It was the party and, and the leadership, and, and they're great men and women, both parties across the board. But validation to somebody that didn't know is a, is a terrific motivator for people to support somebody at that time. So that was it. So going back to Republicans. Republicans. Uh, yep. Zeldin's win is it a result of a brilliantly run campaign on his part? Is it a result of a lackluster campaign on the part of his opponents or a little bit of both? I would actually – there was nothing lackluster about his three opponents. The money spent by, by a couple opponents, the energy – I had I had uh, text calls comments when I was out and about uh, about Andrew Giuliani. Everybody was impressed with him on TV. Every wh- whatever the topic was, they may not agreed with it or not, but they Democrats didn't agree with it. Republicans some did, some didn't. But at the end of the day, the way he carried himself on TV, they were like, "Wow, that was pretty." You talking about in the run Andrew. up to the debate? And, and, in the run Andrew up to- Giuliani from day one when they saw somebody saw him at the convention out in Nassau County, and they, wow. And this was the guy who ran for office the first time. Yes, he'd be in on Newsmax, but it's very different as a candidate. What was the what was the thing that kept him from putting together enough votes to win? Probably money for the for the first part. I mean, you can't get your message out no matter who you are, what you are. We've had great men and women in both parties run for office who don't win. And you're like, wow, the other person won. How'd that happen? 
they got their message out. Right. And it, Bill de Blasio is a great example I like to use at getting that message out. Campaign finance, New York City, like, love, hate it, different things. You and I had, had conversations. Yep. But no matter what you say, it's a leveling playing field for dollars spent on TV or digital or mail and so Once forth. Once you qualify for the Who threshold. was the yep. African-American candidate for mayor in 2013 in the Democratic primary? In 2013, it was uh, Bill Thompson. That was. Yeah. But you even had to hesitate yourself a yeah. little bit. Well, it's just all these uh, all, years. No, but the average together. person thinks Bill de Blasio, right. not that he was African-American. Right. We tapped into the black vote. John right. Liu was on African-American, was black, TV, black radio and ads and money he spent there. And as Anthony Weiner fell down, and as you talked about that, that you had him on your show uh, a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, as his numbers evaporated, Bill de Blasio picked them up. But the Dante ad caught the attention and earned media. And that was significant. Bob Turner in 2011, in that race, earned media, was magnificent with Mayor Koch. I, I had the greatest time in my political career sitting there with Mayor Koch, myself, Bob Turner, and one other gentleman who's since passed away with, with the mayor, and talking about how Bob could win this race. Oh, and I, the no, mayor, I can imagine. The mayor would call me on Saturdays from Montauk when he was out there. Obi, I got to talk to you. I'd step out of the office out in Howard Beach and be on the phone with that man for 30 minutes. No, it, and it was, was magnificent. He was a, a treat. He was a treat yeah. to be around. I was lucky, to, to, I was lucky to. for Bob. To, I didn't meet Bob the day he announced. What do you think the future is for Andrew Giuliani? You mentioned maybe as a, a, a TV pundit. I suspect that's what he'll do. And, and frankly, whoever's running for president on the Republican side will grab him in two seconds. All right. Um, handicap the general election for us. Lee Zeldin, Kathy Hochul. The conventional wisdom is that uh, she has a very strong advantage. Is that how you see it? I, I, I wouldn't answer. It's not an easy answer in that sense. I think it oversimplifies it. You have historic activities in New York, whether it be COVID, whether it be crime, which are something that that both parties speak to. Both parties speak to differently. And at the end of the day. It is the voters that get motivated to show up, as we learned in 18, when all the Democrats showed up to vote in 18, and the Republicans that voted for Donald Trump didn't show up because he wasn't on the ballot. And the Democrats showed up to, to go after President Trump, and the Republicans that voted for him said, oh, he's not on the ballot. Right. I'm not going. Yeah, nobody learned that lesson better than my friend Dan Donovan that year, let me tell you. Um, all right, uh, this was the – go ahead. No, but, but, but it, where, we're, where I was going with that is that this year, June primary – Last time was September. Right. Republicans in a competitive race had never had any situation in the, with the primary, especially that wasn't September. In in recent years, you now have from June to November to raise money. At this point, you have June to November to organize mm-hmm. to unite the party. So Zeldin can maybe he has a an opportunity bit of a, that was never there before. He has the opportunity also to fall uh, in, into challenges that then create quagmire for a longer time to get out of. But also during the doldrums of summer right now, he can travel the state, mm-hmm. he can raise money, doesn't have to spend money on TV. It's raise it and spend it at that point. It's going to be very interesting. We're talking with O.B. Murray. Uh, let me ask you also about the lieutenant governor primary, which uh, a lot of folks thought was going to be a bit more competitive. The winner of that was the person that was plucked by Governor Hochul to replace the uh, now under indictment, Brian Benjamin, her first choice as lieutenant governor. This was uh, Antonio Delgado in his victory speech last night. We have to combat the forces of hate and division by meeting people where they are, not with a top-down politics, but with a bottom-up approach, where our strength is our unity. This requires listening before you speak. It means genuinely engaging with communities all across the state. And it means leading from the heart with love. 
as Dr. King would say, a strong and demanding love. New York has always led the country in moments like these, from establishing a woman's right to choose, to ensuring women have the right to vote, to founding the NAACP, to recognizing gay marriage, to being at the front lines of the environmental movement and the labor movement, to being the epicenter of multiculturalism, of what it means to be multi-religious, multi-ethnic, tolerant, and accepting of all difference. This is New York. New York has always been ahead of the national curve, setting the pace. And now more than ever, we need New York to not only set the pace, but to hold the line. It's clear the uh, constituency he was targeting his message to there. Did you expect the lieutenant governor primary for governor to be a bit more competitive? Tonight I did not. You did A month ago, absolutely. The, The DSA and the other Democratic progressive organizations had a split. If you go back to when they filed petitions, one of these little things you and I pay more attention mm-hmm. than others, very rarely do you see two candidates on the same ticket in this situation, governor, lieutenant governor. They had two separate committees to fill vacancies. Mm. Only name between the two, Brad Lander. Where was Brad during this lieutenant governor's <laughs> race? He disappeared. Right. He evaporated. Right. Why? Because his allies backed uh, Jamani Williams running mate, I would think. Right? No, no. That's what, that, and that was yeah. Jamani Williams and Anna had different committees to fill mm. vacancy on the same petition. Working Families Party and DSA didn't come together at the beginning. I see. And they split up in the middle. Why did AOC step up and endorse this week after early voting, after you could raise money? If you look what happened in the mayor's race, she stepped in and endorsed late. What did that mean to the woman she endorsed? She couldn't raise money in a matching fund situation. So, so why did – I mean AOC, I have to think, has someone around her that has the political sophistication to know of the impact of her endorsement at I, that juncture. Why did she do it in the mayor's race? Why did she do it in the lieutenant governor's race? I, in I, the manner I always did. like to speak facts. Mm-hmm. I don't know the facts. Yeah. So I'm well, going to make this – I know, and I, I want to yeah. just qualify because right. that's one of the things that I've – because I work for Democrats and Republicans across the years. I've been able to, to have communication with both people and be in the rooms and have these conversations and so forth and not be confrontational when we speak. OK, that's what we want to do. This is the challenges you have. We present it to anybody like we do in corporate America. This is what we get through. It's not a bias. It's not a you're wrong. I'm right. It is. This is what we need to do to come together to get to whatever point you want to do, no matter what the party is. Uh, AOC, I believe, and her people, whatever was going on, had other priorities. Did not see the benefit of this. And I will say this tonight, and this is totally speculation. She hasn't filed the paperwork to change it yet, but she's running for Senate. The U.S. Senate is AOC. He's running against Gillibrand. Gillibrand She will primary Gillibrand. And I've heard other names out there, but AOC did that. Not just with – when that – when the decision leaked, her antenna went up. She ran over there. She was there. She was on network Mm -hmm. Sunday morning this year. No, I saw. And if – and, and you saw this early on, too. There were tweets, and I had the, I saved them. I was putting this together, different people making the message out. There was a press conference down. I think it was at NYU at Washington Square Park. And with progressive, it was Lander, and it was somebody else, another progressive running. They were coming together, then Anna, and it wasn't Jamani. And Jamani had family things, and God bless them. I hope they're all healthy. But there were times when he would be out, and he wasn't with them. And you saw them at a uh, an event up in Albany when it was Latinos and, and African-Americans, different things. Jamani, it was, and they didn't even tag him or mention him, wishes he was here. Like things of that sort to me as an insider, watching these little things, the tail sides, like watching a judge or a jury in a courtroom. I watched these things a bit closer in that sense. And it seemed there was a push to Anne at the beginning. And the, the message was very simple. 
She will be a statewide elected progressive. We need her, and let's go do it. Mm-hmm. And that may have scared people because if she had won, that means two years from now she could run from lieutenant governor for U.S. Senate and never lose lieutenant governor office, and, and the governor couldn't kick her out. So, a, so a, she'd be a threat to, to another Latino Senate women. Ambitions. A Latino mm-hmm. as, as governor, as lieutenant governor of New York State would be the high, I believe, there could be California, be some other Latinos, but as a woman – here in New York would be one of the, if not the, and I can't, I can't say the because I don't know, but one of the highest ranking Latinos, whether Democrat or Republican, in the entire country at a time when the Latino voters are up for grabs. Uh, last question, and we're going to bring you back uh, throughout the, the morning. What are the key issues for the general election, whether we're talking the governor's race, whether we're talking the handful of state legislative races that are competitive around the state? The issue that got the most attention on the Republican side uh, during the primaries was crime. Swazi tried to make that an issue in the Democratic primary contest. Didn't seem to get as much traction uh, there. What are the big issues that you see each candidate uh, focusing on? Is it going to be Hochul talking about abortion and Zeldin talking about crime, or is there more to it that you see? I don't think abortion is the abortion is a, is a motivator for your your and her side of the aisle at that right. point. The Republican side is not going to help her, and a lot of the independents aren't too, because then the debate comes over about what the abortion laws are and where it goes. Because as people will talk about, it could be I'm not going to name states, but the, you know the Acme state going far right and the Widget state going far left, right. whatever it might be. Right? New York has to figure out what it might be and where she's going to go. Everything she did now is for the Democratic primary, the the, the gun issue and what happened in the Supreme Court. She was answering that question for a Democratic primary voter. If that decision came out after the primary, it might have been softened up a little bit to bring people together and unite. Joe Biden's message was unite. When you saw his signs, text unite all across the board. So you, bringing people together is going to be a major part of this thing. Crime, yes. Abortion at this point as a motivator for their troops. But it's the economy, stupid. James Carville, what mm-hmm. he did – with, with Bill Clinton, that that is always going to be right now. You pay every time you go and to the pump. And that would seem to inure to Zeldin's benefit, right? It should. It should. And it goes back to what the surveys are going to say. Who do you think is going to get you there and do a better job? The governor put it – governor eliminated lower the gas tax, whichever that – I, I, yeah, I want to speak right. back when I know it. But the gas tax down. But you still have income tax. You still have corporate tax. You still have other taxes. In New York City, you have what is going to be congestion pricing. Mm-hmm. She was a big proponent of that with the Democratic primary, with environmental issues and so forth. But every single voter that votes in, in Queens pays it. Obi Murray is here. We're going to check in with him throughout the uh, the morning. We have uh, some other expert analysts that we're going to check in with as well. Ty DeLorean, the man who may be the son of John DeLorean. He's going to join us in about a half hour. We'll talk about about cars, and uh, we'll take your phone calls as well. If you have any comment about my discussion with Obi Murray, give me a call, 800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.